Let's see, we're live. All right, we're live. What's up, guys? John Sintes here, Cutter Nation podcast. Pretty excited. I got a new guy on here, Scott Iselhart from the Baseball Scouting League. But first, you know it. Go ahead, check out my website, Long Toss Legend. I got hats. I'm actually out of hats, but I got new ones going to be coming out pretty soon. We got some really good stuff. You can get your J-bands. You can get your tap-weighted balls. All my stuff's on my website. Link can actually be found in the bottom of this video, or you can go to my Instagram or my website and find it over there. Also, I'd like to thank Brain Armor for sponsoring this podcast. These guys have a really good product. I really love their stuff. I'll put some stuff in there. This is the um, Strong Brain Veguin Liquid Concentrate that has omega-3s, DHA, vitamin D, vitamin E, and then MCT oil. This is really going to help your recovery and help you with everything that you're trying to do with how hard you're pushing your body. So check these guys out. I'll, I'll tag them in the bottom of the video. But without further ado, the guy who's been running one of the, the best baseball operations that I've seen down in the, the uh, Florida area, which I am from, that you guys know, Scott Iselhart. Scott, how you doing, man? I appreciate you coming on. What's up, buddy? How you doing? Thanks for having me. No problem. Yes, it's no been problem. a long run. Yeah, yeah. So um, when when I found you and, and you found me a lot, you know, we, you were saying about 2015, which makes sense uh, uh, for me. Um, you you had a um, uh, the name of, of what you were doing was the South Florida Winter League, correct? Yes, sir. Correct. So now it's called the Baseball Scouting League. Can you run through a little bit of, a, you know, what, what your, your business is, what the program's about, and, and just let everybody know about it? I, our program is a, it's a professional scouting league, and we bring free agents, uh, guys out of college that still want to pursue their dream of professional baseball at the indie level and hopefully affiliated. And a lot of free agents from affiliated baseball, even we get major league players that come in sometimes. And it's a camp for about three weeks. And we only bring professional managers that are current professional managers of independent teams. And uh, these players are actually, they play under these coaches for three weeks and the coaches train them, practice, give them pointers. And these players are, are, are basically showcasing their talents to try to get signed to a professional contract. That's nice. That's nice. Yeah. It's, you know, we were talking about two, 2015. I was still playing. I was over in Mexico. The I wish that there was something like that that was close enough to me that that when you when you get quality ball players together and you're able to compete, you really learn what is possible in your own abilities. You you really find out what you can and can't do, and you find out who who it is. Is that kind of the model that you're looking at, trying to just putting guys together? Exactly, you hit it on the nose. So I mean, we we don't just let anybody come to our league. Most have to be recommended. You got to at least play college baseball. You can't be over twenty six unless you have professional experience. But we'll bring in those pro pitchers so we can uh, give these players a fair evaluation on the competition. Like, we're not going to just bring some guys in that say they play baseball. And then our hitters are facing guys 75 from poo-poo. So, you know, the idea is to have it competitive at, at, at least a rookie ball level. You know, that's the goal. Sometimes we have guys at higher levels. And this way, the uh, coaches get a, a fair evaluation of these players. And, and like, some camps make coaches – sign players like our coaches do not have to sign anybody like we wanted them to sign and they do sign them because we bring quality players so that's one thing different about our camp like there's no guarantee signs like you have to play to be able to go to that next level because we don't want to waste your time we don't want the coaches just to sign you just to say oh we signed people and then that 
Leipzig's in the butt later. So, so yeah, that's kind of like the model. I remember that with me when I was coming back and rehabbing. I went to one of those big time cattle call tryouts that was in um, uh, Florence, Kentucky. And then I made it all the way to the last day of spring training with Lake Erie and then ended up getting released. And then I found out later, the you know, through one of the other guys that they really had no intentions of signing me anyway. It was just more because they had to sign a guy out of the thing. And then I knew another guy, but they had two guys that they predicted were probably going to be coming back. So they released me and another guy and I did pretty well, which was really an eye opener on how the business works. Cause I felt like I did everything that I could. I, I didn't give up a run. I struck out at least a guy in inning. I threw hard. I, I didn't walk anybody. But it just that's the way the game was. You know, they came in and really it came down to that. I had zero experience. I was the new guy. They weren't quite sure how I would project, you know, not knowing that, you know, how competitive, how hard I worked that it just I had no pedigree under their supervision. You know what I mean? No, exactly. Yeah. One day tryouts are very hard for especially if you have no experience. And sometimes guys that already go to their tryouts that these uh, coaches or people know. My already know they're getting picked up. He's already know they can throw 92, 93 and have a good experience. Like, hey, you got to come on my trial. That's how I can get you, blah, blah, blah. I mean, they do work, but it's it's the odds are against you. Not saying people don't get signed, because they do get signed every year from one-day tryouts. But but I mean, the odds are against you if you don't have uh, that uh, the numbers or affiliate experience or play at a big-time school or something like that. So, yeah, it's not easy. So yeah. that's why we started this camp. I mean, you have the California. They do their thing. And, and kind of like the same model, you know, we want to see players play over a period of time. I mean, it, it, it can get expensive. I mean, our camps are usually $2,000 a player, but that's paying for their hotel, their breakfast, some lunches, uniform, transportation, dinner camp if needed. And we use that money to bring down the staff. we got to fly them down. You know, it, it, the housing is really what costs them most. It's expensive. But but you go on vacation for a month, and, and the hotels and cost you $4,000. So you're getting half the price and all this other stuff involved. So, I mean, it's not a lot of money, but it can be a lot of money to some people. And people get that stigma, oh, pay to play. I mean, hey, we have to make money. We make a couple hundred dollars off each player. So what? Add up 80 players, that adds up, and it gives us a good budget. We're going to get rich. <laughs> yeah, you're still so. providing. When you understand what you're going into and what the potential is, that's like, when I had to sit down after I did get released from the Frontier League and then I realized, you know, they were like, hey, you might you, you just don't have any kind of record. You have nothing. Right. You no. need to play so that, you know, they sent me down to they, they had a connection. They sent me down to the Pecos League and I was fortunate enough to go down there and execute what I thought I needed to do. And it made it much easier for me to start networking, learning the business of it, because, you know, three years out you know, of, of me playing baseball. That's how long it took me with two surgeries to get back into the game. Oh, when you yes. jump, when you jump back in, you, the, the game has changed from three years before that for one, for two, you don't really have the same connections of, of anybody. You're kind of going in on your, in your own. And I was just a sponge on anything, you know, what to do, what not to do, who to talk to. You know, I was constantly shaking hands. I think that you, I'm not sure if you work with Simon, um, uh, do you work with Simon and um, uh, Billy uh, from uh, from the Frontier League? I, I work with Billy. Simon's in the Canada League. Uh, I, I work with Billy. I know who oh, yeah. Simon is, though. Yeah, he just so, won the championship. Yeah, yeah. And I coached with the Jackers, and I was a player for recruitment, so I've seen him a lot this year. Yeah, and they so, had a good team. 
Yeah, those two guys really did really did me a service. You know, that first year is I think my first start was against them and I threw really well. And they just sat me down and and one day, like the way it worked, you know, in the Pecos League, we were staying in this like compound and it was basically a barracks and we all shared the same area after the games. So I remember yeah. just sitting there before the game one day, you know, or the next morning and they talked to me and they were like, man, who are you? Where are you from? And we talked for <laughs> at least a couple hours and they gave me some really good advice on like, nice. hey, you're doing this, you're doing well, keep doing what you're doing. You need to start networking, shaking hands, meeting some of these people exactly. so you can try to get yourself moving on. And I said, okay, now I understand that not only do you have to perform, but you have to market yourself and really just ask the right questions at the right times in order to help yourself get out there. Yeah, no, Pecos League is a great place for rookies or guys that can get a job to get innings. And the same for coaches, Simon and Billy, both started the Pecos League. Simon just won a championship as assistant with the Can-Am. Billy won a championship with Ottawa in the Can-Am a few years back then. He was a pitching coach in Long Island and their main uh, recruiting guy. And now he's a manager in Norman. He, he, he just going to move up, move up. And before that, he was a, a – a volunteer coach at Lane University. I mean, he might get paid. I don't know, but I think he was a volunteer. But he lived yeah. right next to it, so. Yeah. But, but yeah, you got to start somewhere. Yeah, I hear you. So with with what you guys are doing over there, what exactly is – is what's the goal? Where where are you trying to go? And and for people who don't know, tell, tell everybody <laughs> where you're at about the facilities because there's been some cool upgrades recently and for where you guys are at, correct? Oh, yes, sir. All right, right now we are at the Old Nationals uh, uh, Spring Training Complex in Vieira, Florida. Uh, because the Nationals moved two years ago to Palm Beach, so that's about an hour north of Palm Beach. And Triple USA took it over, and they put like $50 million in the complex, along with the city, uh, the county. They also put money in the complex. So, you know, it rains a lot in Florida. Thankfully, we've never had problems with rain at that time of year for our camps, but all the fields are turf. So there's no rain outs and every field, we were like a test run last year. Every field is uh, has flight scope on each field. You know, flight scope's like a hit tracks. It's a Doppler system. Yeah. It tells you all the exit velocity, records your video, your, your hitting trains and all that new data stuff. So we can utilize that if we want. So that's another key feature. We have a, a pretty much run of the whole complex while we're there. We have a stadium. The cover batting cages have like 15 cages in them. Uh, we have nice hotels down the street with double suites. They have two bathrooms, a kitchen. So we try to provide quality since they're paying for it. You know, we want to, we don't want to put them in a budget in. So we'll spend the extra money to put them in a nice hotel and rent the nicest, you know, try to get a, a legitimate complex because it just gives us more value for the players. And uh, it looks more professional, I think, instead of using the city field, like where we started that back in 2014. I actually played in that on that field there was a old league um i think it was called just the florida winter league it only lasted two weeks all our paychecks bounced it happened but it was it was really the first taste that i had into anything but we played there i, I specifically remember oh, uh no it was at it was at space coast it was actually at space, oh, coast. space coast. So way, florida way. yeah oh, that was like 2000 maybe 12. yeah it was it was 2000 no i think it was it was, I think, 2012 because I wasn't – wait, no. I don't think it was 2012 because it was before my surgery. I think it was actually 2010, 2009. It was 2010. You're right. And you want to hear something funny? What's why that? I started? Because of the guy who owned the Florida Winter League. 
which I didn't know back then. So how was all starting? Like the whole league, I never said I'm going to start a pro scouting league and sign players. Like never was in my mind. I never knew I was going to start a baseball franchise or organization or anything. So I was playing men's baseball. Is I kind of add at a batting cage when I was taking my son to practice. And I said, oh, men's baseball. I didn't know they had men's baseball. So I was playing in a league that guy owned, the Florida Winter League. He owned an amateur league in Miami called the, uh, I don't want to say the name. But uh, uh, I was playing this league for about two, three years. And, we're, you know, if you pay 2000 per team plus umpire fees, just amateur league. And the league was ran so horrible. I'm like, somebody has to do a better job. So I'm very competitive. So I start building one team, two teams, and I'm running three teams in the same league. And I just got fed up with it. So we quit in the middle of the season. I said, we're going to start our own damn league and give more back to the players. So, you know, we started the league with four teams in the group of five, six, eight. Then I get a phone call from the head scouting department, uh, the Baltimore Orioles. There, this is Fred Ferreira. He signed Vladimir Guerrero. He was in the Hall of Fame and all these big-time players. He was at the president of the Expos, the Marlins. So a big-time scout. And I'm like, why is this guy calling me? And, he had academy in the area because they do a lot of international scouting. So they brought their team to my league. And because South Florida is a melting pot for professional players in the offseason, everybody started playing in my league. So it just kind of grew on its own. Then next thing you know, we have guys like Sergey, when he got out of college playing in our league, uh, Nathaniel Santiago, who we helped sign to the Giants. He's now in Mexico, been playing there for four years. A uh, bunch of players. We had Luis Vizcaino, who won the World Series of the White Sox, played yeah. big leagues for 10 years. He's pitching our league for like six months. And then we have uh, Juan Racone, who was another big leaguer. And we have all these guys coming our league to get seen by the Orioles. The next thing you know, there's so many scouts down there. All these scouts are coming to our league. I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, it's just an amateur league. Then it just kind of grew from there. And then any guys start coming. And any guys are telling me, dude, what is this? This thing is like competitive as indie ball. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't really know. I've never seen any ball game live. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Oh, this is very competitive. So once I start watching any ball games, I'm like, shit, our guys are pretty competitive, man. Like, we probably beat some of those teams. So uh, we start calling coaches, like, sign our guy, sign our guy. And they really didn't take it serious at first. He's like, oh, there's some men's baseball league in South Florida. But it's a different animal down here for men's baseball, especially yeah. in this area yeah. and Orlando. Uh -huh. So it kind of just grew on its own that way. Then I met Hal Lanier and Brooks Carey at a trial in 2014. And it was an MLB trial, and I'm sitting behind them, and these guys are just cracking me up. Older guys, you know, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. I'm just listening to talk about the players. And I go, I got to meet these guys because I was planning on doing a tryout with all the players. And so I'm going to get these guys to my trial. And I said, hey, I'm going to pay you guys to come down to my tryout, and it's going to be fun, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yeah, whatever. And I called them, and that's how that started. But cool. the league was going to be like these new uh, development leagues. We're, our, I don't know, it was crazy back then. I'm not crazy, but oh, I'm gonna start a league and I'm gonna have trials around the whole country, and that's how we're gonna fund my league. You ain't get fans of Florida, and then Hal Burke said, "You're damn crazy. Mm -hmm. You need to do a camp and just charge guys, so there's no room for failure. You can give what you promise." So yeah. end up from being a tryout league, and that's how we're gonna fund it, like all these other new leagues do, and they fold to being a pay-to-play league, which mm. we're a pay-to-play league. So yeah. it kind of grew on its own. I just let it grow, and I became the guy. The connector guy. Hey, Scott, we need bats. All right, no problem. Here's some bats. I'll hook you up. My price. Hey, Scott, we need some umpires. Here's some umpires. Hey, Scott, we need a player. We need uniforms. Anything in baseball, I became that go-to guy. I never asked anybody for money. Give me a job. 
nothing. I didn't want to be a nuisance or a pain in the ass. So I just became a guy that connected the dots for everybody that asked me to. And that's kind of like how I grew up. So. That's awesome. Just networking, problem solving, you know, and, exactly. and it sounds like it came from a good place, which that's where, you know, I've been following, like I said, well, I've been following you guys for years and, and it's really cool to see how much it's grown and where it's gotten to. And I think that, you know, what you're doing and the service you're providing. I mean, I know if I was still in Florida, if I had an opportunity to go down and, and play against the competition for me to learn. And I, and I think on the development side, you're seeing a little bit more of this on the internet with, you know, some of those bigger facilities that are doing more yes. of what I call one-on-one, -on -one, which is where you have the hitter versus the pitcher, you know, and I think the value of that really is the most important thing when it comes to developing that next level side of stuff, because exactly. and I'm sure, and I'm sure you see it over there too. You can either hit or you can't, you can either pitch or you can't. It's very binary. Exactly. It's very black and white. But you can only find that out. You can't find that out in a bullpen. You can only find that out no. when there's another dude in the box that's trying to beat you. That's when you find out who you're at. And that's my favorite part about the game is is just facing people. You know, and even here, I, I face guys all the time. I still play down on Sundays in, in Tijuana, and it's 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 fun. It's fun to just compete. No, I'm not. I don't play professionally anymore, but it's it's fun just to go out and compete. And I think that, you know, I don't know how long I'll do that, but I'm still strong. Even though, you know, I'm a little older. I'm 32, but I, you know, I, I still run it up there. And and as long as I can compete and and do what I think I can, then I'll keep playing just because it's fun. You know. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're a smart guy. I'm following you. I mean, and you've done it the right way. I mean, you branded yourself through the processes, which is what you need to do if you, as a professional player, or you know, you want to give back, teach kids. So you branded yourself the right way, and that's why I think more guys in professional baseball need to understand if they want to venture off after life, you can start branding yourself now. You can even start your own vlog, video, behind the scenes in the locker room, shot of the coach, the, the yeah. bus is always funny, pranks. Yeah. You know what I mean? People can start brand, you know, I talk to players about that a lot too. Like we thought about starting a YouTube channel of helping athletes brand themselves and bring on guests, but you know, it's, it's yeah, a thought. Maybe we can, we can talk collab about, on that. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. We could talk about that another time. But I totally agree. I mean, when when you look at the business of major league baseball, the Latin guys really understand what having um fans is. They they oh, really yeah. do a good job of you know representing their country. And, you know, I've seen tons of – I've met a lot of big league guys, and it really seems like a lot of those Latin guys go out of their way to to make sure that they have fans. And you see yeah. that they're doing everything they can. They're going to that mall meet and greet, the autograph signing. Exactly. You know, understand the game better than a lot of American guys do because a lot of American guys don't want to be bothered or this and that. But on the flip side, when you do see the indie side, you see like a Cameron Monger – who started a process i think i think he's going on four years now or almost four years of this daily posting where you can tell that this guy's entire focus is on his performance his exactly. health his well-being as well as playing baseball as teaching like that's what he does and he yeah, that knows, guy's yeah he posts a couple of cool videos of they're on the bus or this and that and you know i try to do the same thing and make myself more accessible for what we're doing because i think that you know there, there's a common misconception if i can go from a broken arm i can't throw i need two surgeries and i'm throwing like you said before 70 poo 
I'm, I'm starting off at 70 poo because I have to start from scratch. And it took me that long to get all the way to where I wanted to be. And I ended up getting to Mexico and I threw as hard as 96 miles an hour, which was great. You know, and, yeah. and, and I and I and I pursue that as far as I possibly could. And I finally got to that point where the contracts that I was being offered, I was actually OK with being like, you know what? I don't really want to play for this team. I don't I don't yeah. you know, I've gotten to that point. I think I'm good. I think I yeah, found exactly. a situation to where I can still play baseball, work, and have a good quality of life and still build some pretty cool stuff. And I've got some big plans for myself, and we'll talk about some cool stuff afterwards. But, yeah. you know, it, it's great to see that, it you know, with social media, with the Internet, you see a lot of people going the negative route. But I, I try to go the other way. I, I think that the the accessibility to some of these people, these players, this information is really opening up a lot because well, – We're so lucky nowadays. Oh, like like I was telling you know when you when you and I when you you and I found each other in 2015, but 2012, you know I'm trying to find information about the Pecos League after yeah. what's going on, and I can't find anything, nothing, and I'm going like, how in the world am I going to go to New Mexico to try to play <laughs> baseball if I have no idea what it looks like? I couldn't find the closest videos I found of the Pecos League were giant brawls and people were bringing chairs into fights, and I'm going like. Is this really what I want to get into? You know? And then the more research I started doing, I ended up getting contact with a couple people, and they're like, and you know, the, it was at that point where it was like, well, what's the worst that can happen? You know, if you go over there, you try it for a week, it doesn't like it, you go home. Yeah. It is what it is. You know, so that's where I got to, and I took a risk and went for it, and ended up working out. But a lot of people don't understand what indie ball is the purpose yeah. to be there. You know. That's why I tell guys at a college, like I have good numbers. I was four-time All-American hitter. I'm like, I understand, but I mean, you played like three competitive teams. You're some small school in Georgia. I mean, your best chance is to get drafted because I'm sure you have scouts on you. But after that, any ball manager is not going to pick up a guy from just a, rec a basic college because he was a batting champ. You know what I mean? They might pick up one guy for the team, but they're not going to take a chance because that's what they're doing take a chance on all these guys. So they want to see them over a period of time, if they like it or not. So, and they're going to sign people with the trials and camps they associate with, yeah. because that's where they go off season, scratch your back, I scratch mine. You know what I mean? And they're going to not release a player for good. Yeah. We get guys released all the time, but it's not because it was a, a, a pretty thought plan. Like, Oh, we're just going to sign this guy and release him because we're doing our uh, diligence by signing him out of the baseball scouting. No, mm -hmm. they're signing guys that they think they can make their team. You go to spring training, you don't perform, you're going to get released. And you might get lucky because they've seen you play about three weeks against a good good pitch, and they might keep you. Or they might bring you and go, hey, you got to beat out my guy that was here last year. He, he's good for me. If you're not better than him, then I, I don't need – I already have him. I don't need you, too, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so I college players, they don't understand that all the time. They just post my staff. Do this. Check out this video. Yeah. Hey, your swing looks good. We want to see an action. I, hey, find the money or, or don't come. I mean, we want good players to come, and we try. I work my butt off fine and try to find the best players I can. We don't always hit it on, on the nose. You know what I mean? We get players in, I'm like, oh, God. But it's just, <laughs> just the way it is. And, yeah. uh, and like you said, we could tell within the first week if, if they have a shot. And yeah. some guys look all right, but then they – and like the first week – and you see them the second week, you're like, Man, that guy is good. The first week I was like, eh, whatever. And then you see the second, third week, oh man, oh he can play. So sometimes you get surprises like that. 
And like what you said about the bullpens, like the first day we try to throw our bullpens, and like every pitcher is looking lights out, 90, 92, even 88, 85, whatever. Yeah, and then they get them on the mound of the game, and like they lose seven miles per hour velocity. Yeah. They can't throw a strike, and you're like, man, this was going to be our best. We're already ready to sign a guy after a bullpen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's where I think what as far as the development and the evaluation side of a lot of things that are going on with with baseball, it's the biggest thing that I see um, just personally difference. And that's, you know, I'm a big I'm a big anybody fan who's trying to develop baseball better. Like I'm you know, right right now you're seeing a very divide in in the Internet baseball world. You're either this or you're that. And I'm like, dude, I don't I don't care. Like I'm going to try to help my athletes get as strong as possibly can so they can feel good, be healthy, and throw and perform in the best way. But I think that, the, that one of my favorite things to, to watch right, right now, and Driveline does such a good job of it, and they've been themselves really well, is the Driveline games. When you can watch athletes go at, and then you can play a game in an enclosed cage area using a hit track, oh, yeah. uh, you, can, you can get more done. You can develop more, you know, and, and that's where – you know, hopefully as things go well with me, I'm going to be trying to get to more of that side of it because if you, you know, it, just strategy-wise, if you could, as a pitcher, face batters in a controlled environment where you don't have to worry about covering first or if your second baseman fielded the ball or where the ball goes, you can get a lot more feedback about the what you think you can do in your head to vote against a batter because that's really – a lot of people don't – when, when you see a lot of these videos online and things are going on, you're just seeing people trying to throw strikes and execute an idea. What you don't see someone trying to get somebody out. Like that, you know what I mean? Like that's your overall exactly. objective, you know, is, is, you know, I'll give you a little secret, you know, cutter nation is a smoke screen. It's my favorite smoke screen because eyewash. people think that, no, not eyewash, not eyewash. I just People think that I throw a cutter every pitch. Like, that's all I'm going to throw, yeah. right? But in actuality, if I have you thinking about, okay, he's got a cutter, he's going to throw his cutter, what if yeah. I throw a two-seam? What if I throw a slider? What if I throw a changeup? So I have – you created, got a nice cutter. Oh, dude, and I, I have created this in the back of their <laughs> mind situation. Got to watch out for the cutter. Got to watch out for the cutter. Meanwhile, I'm still trying to throw as hard as I possibly can with my four-seam and two-seam, you know, just still trying to play the game. And – my goal when I face people, and people get mad at me all the time, and it's my favorite thing to argue with this, I want to throw a different pitch to a different location at a different speed. You're hold it back, and good luck. Yes. Exactly. I wanted to make it as most difficult as I can on you to hit me, right? So if I throw a fastball, but I miss my spot, and that's the only fastball you see in the at-bat, that's not, I get to do whatever I want. You do not get to pick what pitch you want. You know what <laughs> I mean? No, no. You can guess. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. You see a lot of people that do that. They go out. And that's where I think that pitchers are baited by position players where they're like, hey, man, go ahead and challenge me. Throw a fastball. Do what you can. This and that. And, and I think there is a time and a place for that for sure. But if you stay within your strategy, look what Verlander and Garrett Cole are doing with the Astros. They came over yeah, to the amazing. Astros and the Astros are going, hey, man, you have four other plus pitches besides your fastball. Why don't Let we take change that the percentages on what you're doing and try to make it, you even more difficult to throw? They said Garrett Cole's thrown – he's halfway through the season. He already threw more sliders halfway through the season this year than he did with the Pirates. And look wow. at him. He's having he's having an amazing year, you know? Man, that's, that's one of the hardest pitches to hit, I think, slider. 
Yeah, a really good slider off your fastball when you know the guy throws hard, it's it's practically impossible. Yeah, but uh, uh yeah, la- last camp was pretty good too. I'm mean, uh, a good thing about us. I 2016, I'm having an amateur league. I mean, software. I met a lot of scouts and people who work in front offices of uh, affiliates. So I reached out to all these people because I know people have done it in the past. And then we start scheduling all these minor league games against uh, uh, major league teams in spring training. I mean, we play anywhere from their international rookie team to Dugway guys. Uh, we played the Phillies from March all the way until the last week of June. We play them every week in extended spring training. Wow. So all the big leaguers that were rehabbing, I should have wrote their names down. We face, wow. I think, three big leaguers that were rehabbing. Some of their uh, 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 40-man roster guys. So it was good for our guys to get that uh, uh, experience, you know. And, and uh, they actually signed one of our catchers. They offered him a bullpen catching job, but he didn't take it. And the Padres were supposed to sign it, but I don't know if they did. And then we had a pitcher that didn't get drafted in college to come with us. And there were some Diamondback scouts there that were watching him. And they ended up picking him up as a free agent so he didn't get drafted. And I think in A-ball, he had like a .9 ERA in 20 starts. Wow. It was crazy. Or 20 yeah, appearances. Wow. He's a reliever. Wow. Well, awesome. And then we had Taylor Jordan, who played with the Nationals in the big leagues. He's from the area, so he was in our camp every day. He said he's never been so ready, even when he pitched in the bigs, before his season, like getting ready in our camp, going with other professional guys, throwing live to the affiliate teams. So he enjoyed it. Then we had Dustin Richardson, who pitched with the Red Sox in the bigs. He he pitched with us. Then we had freaking Matt Latos. Everybody knows Matt Latos. Yeah. He pitched with us against the Marlins, the Phillies. And then we ended up signing Latos. I don't think nobody knew he's a free agent to uh, the team I coach with, the Jackals. I was just a part-time coach. Like, I, I did most of the local games in New York. I didn't travel with the team to Canada. Brooks let me come along, and I helped them. I think I signed six players to their team out of our camp, and they all stayed on the team the whole season except one player. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when you can get verification, I'm sure as a coach, and, and you know that what you're going to get what you're supposed to get, I, I'm sure that's tremendous for them for – you know, being able to evaluate guys and this and that. I've got some ideas on some stuff for you too that I think might even improve your product even more. Um, uh, I'm always looking for awesome stuff like that, you know. But with, you know, what's crazy too, by the way, I know Taylor Jordan. I actually, I met him briefly. Um, I was rehabbing. It was in that three-year time span. But my dad used to work down there for a, a government company. He was a graphic designer for a government contract company. And the office assistant was his sister. And so I met her and then I met him like very brief, you know, five minutes or whatever. Thing. But it was cool to see him go out and, and dominate. You know, I think he got, did he get hurt? Um, he got, he hurt he the, Tommy John. Yeah, that's that's when he got released. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so where, where is he at now? Do you know? All right. So uh, uh, he came to camp with us. He was already signed to Sioux City, Sioux Falls, Sioux City, and American Association. Uh, uh, he pitched there. Went like eight and oh, uh, one something two ERA, and then he got signed to pitch in China. So he's in the big league in China currently. Right wow, now. wow, wow, yeah. That, I think he, I think the season ends in like a week, so he's in China. That's cool, that's cool, man. That's good for him, good for him. Anytime you can go international for the people that don't know, the money, the money internationally compared no to the states it's not even close it's good good yeah. for him that's that's awesome that's good to hear so what what's the uh what what do you got coming up um you know camp wise you know are all your camps three weeks 
the Auburn camps at the same time, three weeks. Uh, believe it or not, our first camp, our first public camp, because we did one in 2014, a small one, but our first big one in 2015 at the Coco Expo Center. I don't know how we got away with this, but it was for six, five and a half weeks. We played 38 games, and we only charged 800 freaking dollars. Yeah. It was crazy. I, I, we had sponsors. Uh, uh, we negotiated all these crazy deals, and we were able to do it. I mean, it was stressful because your know, money was like this. Yeah. <laughs> Understandable. I can't believe we did an off-season winter league camp for almost six weeks for – Almost 40 games, man. It, 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 that was one of my favorite camps. We had – that was probably – overall, talent-wise, probably one of the most talented camps we had as, as a whole. We've had yeah. some more talented players, but, like, as a whole, every game was a battle. We had a, a lot of good players. And then we had uh, another player who ended up with Mexico. He's, we got a call down there. Uh, this year he pitched in Norville. He's from – he's over there in San Diego area. What's uh, his name? John Cinto. Oh, Juancito. I played with him. I played with yeah, him. Juancito came down. Yeah, that's 2015. Yes, he did. And, he yeah. got, and we got the call. Like, we had this, he was in one of the Mexican guys. And then he was there for like a week. And he left to Japan to play in the, the uh, yeah, World so, Games, you know? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think it was called the World Baseball Series or something like that is what it yeah, was Yeah, so called. that was awesome for him. Yeah, no, I played with him. I played with him. We played winter ball together. We went to Panama together. I think it was Panama. No, we went to Nicaragua. Went to Nicaragua together, but then we played winter ball together. He actually lives like two hours from me in, in uh, Mexicali or what's called Calexico, which is right on the border right there. But um, he played in normal under Billy this year. He played um, this year. I think uh, he went to Arizona winter league last year, I think, with uh, uh, some friends. And uh, and Billy signed him out of there. So, yeah. so, and he pitched very good this year. And I yeah, know he, he went to uh, – Top velocity and did a lot of work over there. Yeah, he did. He did. He did a lot. We we actually, when I met him, he and I just got into like development, motion, stuff like that. And he was, I had, I was having a really good winter. I think I was like 94 plus. And um, I actually, in that tournament that we went to in Nicaragua, I taught as a reliever, I tied the starting pitcher who had two starts in like, because they give bonuses away for yeah. um, who leads in what category. And as a reliever, I pitched every game in there, and I tied a, a starter who, who had two starts with 11 strikeouts, so we split the bonus together. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, I just came nice. in, and, you know, I, I executed some some good stuff, and I really had a – you know, I really feel like my motion, my mechanics, how I was throwing the ball was coming out well, and it was helping me a lot. So, well, that's cool. So what's – what you got another camp coming up, or what's, what's on the calendar coming up for you? Uh, our calendar right now in about – What's the date today? 17th, 18th, I don't even know, something like that. So on October 15th uh, to November 2nd is our next camp. It's in uh, Vieira, Florida, the beautiful complex. And I think right now, we usually, I mean, we, we limit the teams to four teams, so we don't allow more than like 60-something players. I mean, we'll allow 100 players if, if the, the rest of them are pitchers, you know what I mean? We yeah, always yeah. Have, never have enough pitchers. So exactly. we limit the teams to maybe – the most 15 position players usually try to do 13. So everybody can play every day, you know, and get yeah. a fair evaluation. And, and then, so our next camp anyway, I got lost there, is October uh, 15th to November 2nd. So far we have coaches from Lake Erie, Gateway, North Gateway, Normal, Ottawa, New Jersey, uh, uh, the USPBL. Uh, looks like Rockland is going to be coming. And so we have a lot of coaches there and they're all managers. So, and they're the ones, they're their own scouts for independent teams besides people like me and, and other people out there that do similar stuff. 
So, so we're excited about that. And uh, we'll have some MLB scouts come in because m- most people don't know about this. don't talk about it much. I also uh, invest in international scouting. I'm an international prospect. So I have prospects at 13, 14, 15 year olds from DR that signed at 16. So we have like academy over there I, I partner with. It's not my uh-huh. academy. I just help the players out, sponsor them. Yeah. So they'll, they're going to be coming to, they, we bring them over too. Because at the same time in Jupiter, the perfect game worlds are going on, where there'll be about 5,000 scouts or whatever. Yeah. So we bring international prospects over at the same time, and these scouts will come up and watch some more international prospects. Because if you call MLB scout, hey, I got this 25 year old indie player, come see him. Unless you have a relationship with them, they're like, that lady ain't going to show up. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you bring a 15 year old international prospect out, you're getting freaking 50 head scouts out there. So these other players actually get to be seen by the MLB scouts. You never know. That's not. I mean, they're not there for our guys or they're for their natural guys, but you're still getting an opportunity to play in front of all these scouts. Yeah, at least at least you're next to it. You know, if if you get your if you get your ten throws, we'll you know they can. Most scouts that I talk to know within five throws if you know what you're doing or not, and that's I agree with the total thing. I can kind of see it as well with there, but that's that's super cool that you're. Provide you're providing that network of connection, which is so hard. You know that was the biggest thing, me trying to figure out where I should go to try to get in front of the right people. Especially me being from a small town, the networking, the connections, the thing just wasn't there. You know, went earlier in my career, and and you know, like I said, fortunately enough, I I feel like I made some really good decisions to be able to get into Mexico. I try to explain. You know, a lot of people don't know how it works and and they want to know why i spent so much time down there and 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 i really say it's like well i feel like the mexico big league situation is just a different corporation from the major leagues it's not it's not this it's not the best right but it's not the worst and and you know survival money wise everything from there there was there was levels for me to move up and so that's what i always tried to do i tried to get to the highest level that i could you know because like i said Next thing you know, I'm sitting in the bullpen in our finals of our winter league and sitting next to two big leaguers, Sergio Romo and Oliver Perez. And in front you know, of probably 50,000 yeah. fans. Oh, man. The most fans I pitched in front of was like 62,000. It was awesome. It was so awesome. You know, matter of fact, I got the I got a weird like loss in the All-Star game. I was the closer for our, our for the South. And I remember I didn't have a ball leave the infield and we lost. It was like I gave up two cue shots and then like uh, a ball kind of like got away and a guy went like first to third and then I had one out and then I was able to get another ground ball cue shot. We turned the double play inning over, right? Well, captain, captain speedy pants beats the throw at first <laughs> guy on third scores. We lose. I'm like, wow, I just lost. And a ball didn't even leave the infield. That's baseball. You know, I mean, you know, <laughs> that's was, baseball, man. But, you know, but I was still, I was there, you know, like it was, I got the uniform. It's, you know, I'm going to get it up, put up in a nice shadow box later on, but you know, those experiences, those life things that I've been through really helped me as I got back into this side of it and the business side of it, what I'm doing now is like, it's very easy for me to get passionate and explain it to some of the kids like, dude, if I, if no name John Sintas can work his way into the stuff just because he performs, I think, I think anybody can. It's just a matter, yes. can you execute, can you get to the level of performance that will allow you to execute for you to get there? Yep, that that's the goal there. Yeah, so I don't want to keep you too much longer, but you know, so we got once you go over the whole schedule, where everybody can find out information on this, um, you know, how people can contact you, contact you, and and what's the best way to go about it. 
Uh, the best way to go about it, I mean, you can always go to our website, baseballscoutingleague.com. We have most info on there as our number or email. Our email is info at baseballscoutingleague.com. Uh, we're on Instagram as Baseball Scouting League. Uh, you know, we daily post here updates. You can go through the history of our league on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, we still have room for our next camp. We probably have room for about 28 players. Uh, so we have a, the fall one. Then we're going to do another. We have another one in February. We already have more players actually for our February camp than our fall camp. I think we have 50 something players already signed up for February, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. And then in March, we used to do our camp in March. But last year, I, I changed my mind. So I'm going to move up to February because it becomes very irritating in March because that's when we play the Philly teams. And, and everybody comes to camp thinking they're playing the Philly games, but we don't promote the Philly games. We can't charge people for them. You know I mean, it's just a, a bonus. If you're good enough, we're going to bring you to those games so we can evaluate you even better and give you a shot. So every time we run those camps together, it's it's a, stressful for me because all these players are coming at me. I should be playing that game. I should be playing that game. My phone don't shut up. You're a fucking asshole. Why not? I'm good enough. I played rookie ball with DSL. It's like, guys, slow down. You know what I mean? You're here to try to get signed by any play guys. Play under our guys and coaches. Let our professional guys and the guys we think are not going to make us look bad or might be a, a prospect for Philly, we're going to bring those guys. Mm-hmm. So this year we're doing different. So fall and then the winter in February and then March is actually sponsored. And we'll bring our professional players back in March, uh, or guys we pick just to play the affiliate games. Yeah. So, so and the coaches pick those players. Like I, I'll pick some, but I like yeah, you got to earn their so. spot, right? Exactly. When people think they say pay, they're just guaranteed. I'm like, you're just paying. You're not paying to play baseball. You're paying to cover your housing, your expenses, and to bring these professional coaches down here so you have the opportunity. They're paying for their opportunity. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're paying for the opportunity to perform in a very uh, realistic situation so people can actually get an evaluation on you. We, we run it just like spring training. Yeah. We wake up in the morning, they eat breakfast, we go to the complex, they do their morning workouts, whatever it is that day, I.O., cages, infield drills, wherever the coaches you know, have planned, uh, some toss, band work, whatever they're doing. And then we take lunch and then we play games. We don't guarantee, we used to guarantee, oh, we're going to play 15, 18 games. But when I used to guarantee games and we only play 12 because we don't have enough pitching because they're sore and we're not going to hurt nobody, you have parents calling you and players, oh, you're promised 15 games. My kid didn't get a fair shot. I'm like, so I'm like, we're, so we play as many games as our pitching allows us. It could be 10, it could be 15, it could be 20. We, we don't know. But you we're going to play out there every 10 day. games. You're going to be evaluated. We know where you're at in the game. You know, you're going to get a fair shot. You're there for three weeks. We can, you know, so we try not to put a number on the amount of games we're playing. You've got to be careful what you say now because they all, they, they'll find any way to come back at you. They think they better than they are or they should have been signed. Like I get every year, oh, I'm going to call attorney. My son was the best player in pony ball. I'm like, <laughs> not to be a jerk, but you're, you're, I haven't seen the worst player in my life. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, man. Well, I, yeah, I appreciate you coming on. Um, you know, you guys check him out basically, you know, and he puts out a lot of stuff on his Instagram, you know, and yes, you sir. really see what is going on there. That's what I really, you know, it's fun to be, you know, an eyeball on the outside without actually being there. Cause you can really see the quality competition. You can see, you know, I saw Matt Latos, you know, there that when you, you posted him throwing and stuff from there. And that's, yeah. you know, when you start getting some of these bigger names and a lot of these people realize that, you know, 
and the last thing I'll go into this, the professional athletes that I've played with, they don't stop. A lot of people think that like no. the off season, there's a rest period or this and that. I played six years, summer, winter, summer, winter, and I just didn't stop. And, and I felt, I felt strong. And I remember at a younger age or, you know, even in, in college, and that's where I got hurt where, where people were saying, Hey, don't throw so much. You only have so many bullets and this and that. And, you know, that, information is dominated the baseball you know youth and and semi-youth and even to the adult area and i really don't think that's when 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 you see it like what you're doing and providing a service for there when you see where guys just get done with their season and they're already yeah. throwing they're already working out they're already preparing for another thing because exactly. you know for this for this october november camp you know a lot of seasons just ended in august you know, and, and, and people just, don't understand. Yeah. And it's six weeks before you're doing something else, not six months, you know. And so, you know, that's that's a great thing that you guys are doing, you know, for everybody else. Go check it out. You know, you can, it's it's a good thing. You can at least learn. You can see the process. I'm sure Scott's like me. If you DM him or email him, he'll try to help you with what he's can, you know, anything that he can point you in the right direction. You know, it's you know, the quality of information really is, is, is great with you guys over there. So, you know, not even being involved in it, I can see how, what quality product you have. And I appreciate what you guys are doing over there. I, it was awesome. Good talking to you. Let's do it again. And I appreciate you letting me on. And I mean, you just got to keep grinding and you'll find your way if you really want to, you know, for sure. Definitely. And the main thing for us is we just want to bring value. Even if we don't come to our camp, we try to bring you value. You know? that, that's our main goal. Exactly. And let the action speak for itself. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, there's a reason why MLB players, eight, ten years, five years, whatever it is, two years, are coming to our league. Like a agents call me. I got this MLB player. I sign players all the time without them coming to our camp because they have numbers. I don't have. They don't have to go to my camp. Yeah. Guy, I mean, I have uh, guys who run minor league operations. They'll call me during the season. Hey, I need to plug a hole in Double A, Triple A. Name the top five players in this league, and I'll be like, Hey, I think these guys can help, and maybe they'll sign them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, Sergey, Sergey is a good pitcher. I signed him today. I mean, I'm, I signed him today because I had the connection, but his talent got him there. You know what I mean? Yeah. He pitched early. He pitched the only perfect game in Frontier League history. Went to the American Association, had like a one step year, won the championship. I know I was at our international workout down here. Uh, A's guy, I'm like, you better watch this guy pitch tonight. Sign him. And I, we know the director of farm, director for the A's, Gil Patterson. So everything kind of worked. And just you know work together and he went up to the A's. He that kid would probably be the bigs right now, but unfortunately, he don't have major injuries, they're just always nagging injuries. Mm -hmm. which has killed him for going to that highest level. He's yeah. he was Atlantic League this year, which he pitched fine. Sounds like he needs to get some of that arm care life that I'm doing over there, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean anything, break a broken bone in the foot, uh, uh just hamstring, just all type of different stuff. Man. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff, cool. Well, thanks again, man. Uh, you guys check him out. Uh, don't forget, run over to my website, check out some of my awesome shirts that I got, my gear, you know, J bands, everything from there. Thanks to uh, Brain Armor, we appreciate it. I'll be posting some more stuff on my Instagram about those guys. You know, appreciate it. You know, Scott, man, it, it was really a pleasure. I appreciate everything from you. You know, you guys check him out. One last thing, don't forget, throw hard.